What do you want to do? What's a princess dress? No, it's it's upstairs. What color is it? It's pink. It's a pink princess dress? I'm a rabbit. I want a rabbit. Why? We can go get it on if you want. Coming at you from the bedroom. Welcome to Hot Marriage Cool Parents, where we are hoarding inside. Hoarding? No. Self-quarantine, that's yeah. for sure. Self-isolating, social distancing. I love it. I this is my jam. Gracie and I are going crazy. I literally took her outside in the back. Well, it's not even a yard, but yeah. it's behind like the development and had like a blanket outside and just let her play with her toys because... I mean, it's grass and there's right. nobody out there. So I'm like, there's not a chance that we can pick up the COVID virus. <laughs> this thing came on fast. This whole yeah. craziness. It was one day, I remember getting a text from my friend saying that the schools were potentially closing. And my friend was like, is it really that serious? Like, can it be this serious? And now almost everything is getting shut down. Yeah, honestly, I don't want to live in fear or panic. Not gonna lie, I kind of have panicked a wee bit just because it's like fear of the unknown, really. Like, what is going on? So we have been just you know cooped up in the house i am sanitizing everything and anything and we made a decision that was really really difficult about how we're going to get home and we decided that we're going to fly which a lot of people said no 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 you must drive but we really driving. we weighed the pros and cons heavily like we did not take this decision lightly whatsoever first things first is should we just stay in florida because it seems like the virus doesn't spread as fast here and so we were thinking oh you know if we just stay here maybe that's best but i'm due to have a baby in less than two months and i'm definitely not flying with a baby with this virus and whatnot so then that would be at least four months here we don't have a place to stay for four months here and also it's not taken as seriously here i mean back home in new jersey they have curfews you can't get your hair done you can't get your nails done those are all shut down for two full weeks at least schools are shut down i need to get a haircut here then yeah doug tried it, cutting his own hair and that was uh, a hot mess it's been like probably five or six weeks that yeah I've you gotten can't a haircut you can't even use the covid19 virus uh, as a reason why you haven't gotten a haircut i am looking fugly right now yeah just let me cut your hair no not yes. a chance I trust you with a buzzer on my back and on the back <laughs> neck hairline. That's it. You're crazy. I think I could cut your hair just fine. I used to cut my brother's hair. Yeah. Your brother didn't care about his look. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good. I always wanted to be a cosmetologist. I wanted to do hair and nails and stuff. Right. Not guy I did. hair though. Not really guy hair. You're right. Yeah. But I mean. Guy I... hair is different. I need a fade. I need a two on the sides. Oh, and... what a devo. Okay. But anyways, today we have Christina Cimarelli on the podcast. She's our guest. Very very popular person. Oh my goodness. I mean, she is way cooler than us. She has 5 million YouTube subscribers. But she's also part of a extremely talented singing and entertaining family. Yeah, definitely. Not only is she like just the sweetest soul, but she is so talented. Like yes. they sing, they dance, they are just funny and cute. They're the Cimarelli Band, if you've heard about them on YouTube. So Christina is the one we have as a guest today. She's currently pregnant and she suffered a loss. And 
spills it all. Yeah, she really does. She shares everything. And it's really, really a great interview for someone who is going through a loss or has been through a loss or unfortunately maybe one day might go through it because she has the best ways to just kind of cope and like kind of give self-love and self-care yeah, it was throughout really, the loss. Yeah, it was a really, really interesting talk. Yeah, she was very graphic, I think I would say, about the interview. So just like a warning kind of for that in, in case you're like sensitive to that type of material like she shared in depth what happened during her loss and how she dealt with it and then of course the end is a nice story because she's pregnant with a rainbow baby so I just thought it would be so nice to have her on because her story is a little different and she has a great way of handling loss but enough about our guest because she's coming on later let's talk about what's happening right now we gotta give you guys an update the whole reason why we're in Florida I mean, we have accomplished it. We, mission accomplished. You can just check that box right off. Check it right off. Check it right off. Is there any like bell or something we can ring for good news? <laughs> Our oh. offer was accepted on the house. Yeah, we are going to be second homeowners. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. Except this is probably the worst time to buy a house. Yeah. So that was another decision that we were like, okay, are we going to buy this house? Are we not? And we decided we are because that's what we came down here for. Yeah. We and saved and saved and saved for it. Leave it to us to find the house within the last week of us being here. Yeah, literally. So you know that we record these a little bit early and today is Wednesday, but we're going down tomorrow to Sarasota to get the home inspection done. And then we leave on Sunday to go home. And so the decision for the house though, I mean, Jamie, you agree that we both like the house, love the house. Maybe I me, think we both know, Doug, that me, Bort, you love the house. Right. Well, here's the thing. Jamie would not be happy with just any house. That's not true, though. I loved our Jersey home. I loved it so much. I was like dead set. That was the one. Yeah. And that was after the walkthrough and everything. I think for this one, though, it was so funny because it checked off every single one of the boxes that you wanted. It was spacious. It had a pool. It was kind of move-in ready. It had the best school district ever. It kind had, of move-in ready yeah i mean because we have to make it our own it kind of looks like just a little outdated on the yeah, inside it's definitely outdated but it was way more affordable than the houses that are updated and yeah. we don't necessarily love all the updates anyways and we haggled like champs yeah we did you. let me tell you this house in the last six months there hasn't been a house sold at this price they've all been more expensive every single one of them have been more expensive so we got a deal yeah and so we are so pumped and now we're gonna have to leave after going through the inspection and finish the rest of the home buying process from jersey yeah with a baby on my lap hopefully first of all we're gonna come down furnish it we're gonna rent it out to our friends while we're not there and then That's next right. winter we are coming to Florida with our newborn baby. So let's talk about our amazing friends. You guys are the best. And every single week, we love giving a five-star review shout out. And keep in mind too, you could always download the Himalaya app. It's free. You can get Hot Marriage Cool Parents right from the app, but also a bunch of other podcasts that maybe you listen to and you can organize. But this five-star review comes from BA. 85RPA. So maybe it's Bait Fiverpa. Um, <laughs> he always tries to like say your guys' names. Yeah. So this one says, Thank you. I have watched you guys from the beginning of Married at First Sight and followed you since then. I have laughed with you, cried with you, and felt like you guys are part of my family. I look forward to every single episode. You guys keep it real. And thank you so much for keeping us updated. Aw, we love you. 
And that's what we like to do on this podcast. Yeah. So biggest update for us is that we got the house. We are flying home to New Jersey on Sunday. Yes. We are taking every precaution to not spread it if we are indeed carriers now. Which my parents hated to hear because as soon as we get home, we told them we're not going to see you guys for two weeks. Full. It's going to be 14 days. Let us get home and make sure we don't have any viruses because I would feel terrible if I gave it to my parents. Oh, if they try to come near us, and I don't think Big Doug would, but I'll Bonnie, call the cops. Bonnie's the worst. First of all, her birthday is this Friday. So March 20th is her birthday. And yes, give her a shout out if you see Bonnie Hayner on anywheres. social media. Yeah. Oh my God. Find her on Facebook. She'll love you forever. <laughs> so it's her birthday. And I'm like, what are we going to do special for her? Because we're not going to see her. And we're not going to be home by then anyways. But right. the point is, is that she was like, oh, we'll pick you up from the airport. I'm like, you will not pick us up from the airport. Like, what are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. I am not going to have it on my shoulders that we infected. It would be different if they had tests readily available that would let us know like immediately okay you don't have it right but there's nothing like that available so we are going to self-quarantine and on to some married at first sight news yes nothing to do with this season and everything to do with season one i don't know if you have watched married at first sight season one or not but courtney hendrix it's the best season i mean doug will forever just pat himself on the back and actually say the, the best, best season was married at first sight the first year I don't think so. I honestly think just Married at First Sight season one okay. was good. Yeah. <laughs> but Courtney from Married at First Sight season one, Courtney Hendricks, she was married to Jason Carrion. He was the firefighter. She was the one who's she's a makeup artist. About a year ago, they divorced and Jason's already married. He's very happy with his new partner, Roxanne Pallet. She was on Celebrity Big Brother and she's an actress from the UK. And he unfollowed us. Doug's still bitter, <laughs> clearly. For no reason. I think he just wants to separate himself from Married I at First Sight. Know. But anyways, Courtney, his ex-wife has been with this man named Sherm, which I always thought was his nickname. Yeah, it does seem like a nickname. But it is in People magazine. It is super official that they are engaged. Very and, happy for her, by the way. Ah, uh, so happy for her. I really wanted to share the news right here because I just feel like everyone is rooting for them. I mean, yeah. I was. I'm hoping to one day get her on the podcast. She says that she wants to come on, but I think an interview is well overdue. And a lot of people are asking about Courtney. Yeah, we want her to come on, of course, but either way, we're going to send her our love and congratulate her. I'm just so happy for her because both her and Jason really put forth like all the effort for marriage and it just didn't work out. And sometimes that's okay. Like, do, yeah. I do not think divorce is a sin, you know, like you get one life to live better. Just be happy. And if you aren't with someone who's making you happy or if you are with someone that you know, isn't making you happy, then obviously therapy, try to make it work. But if it doesn't work, right. it's okay to go your separate ways. Yeah, divorce is a good thing that happens to people. Doug, I hate it when you say that because we're married and I don't want to get a divorce. Well, but I'm saying it, you've lived with, you know, domestic violence. And, I mean, that's and true. You've been around people that just can't stand each other. And when you start to bring in kids to this, they're so impressionable. And just an unhealthy environment is never good for anybody. Yeah. And so divorce is something that happens, but it is a light at the end of the tunnel is what I'm yeah, trying to say. Yeah, I gotcha. I mean, that's true. Like my mom would stay with her beater because she wanted her kids to have a quote unquote father. Meanwhile, he was not any sort of a father anyways and he was constantly almost taking her life in front of us yep. so you got away the pros and cons and honestly he was getting out of jail and she finally didn't take him back she asked my sister and i do you want daddy to come home and we were both like no mommy no <laughs> 
pretty sure that time she actually let him come home. But eventually she didn't let him come back again. That's kind of how Mindy from this season of Married at First Sight, how her friends reacted when she said, I think Zach's going to come over. Yeah, that's actually exactly it. But no, I saw the pictures on Courtney's social media page. And my first immediate thought was, who does she have as a minister? to officiate the wedding and I'm making a push right now that I will do it at oh a discount. Oh my god, at a discount. <laughs> We're not charging Courtney if she wants a minister, which I'm sure she probably wants a pastor. Sorry, Doug. I don't but... know. I don't know. Some pastors don't take divorcees. The religion's weird sometimes like that. <laughs> I'll text her and let her know. Yeah, tell her. I work for food. Doug does love to officiate, and we haven't seen her in forever, so I don't think she's met Gracie, has she? No, only Monet has. Yeah, Monet met her, but that's it. And speaking of Monet, we should have her on the podcast, too. But let's get back to this season of Married at First Sight. So Zach and Mindy are just like disaster, right? Mika and Michael, kind of the same pretty much falling apart yeah taylor and brandon like probably the worst ever yeah well i think brandon's now starting to just hate filming he just hates life it sounds like like he just hates everything it seems like yeah but jessica and austin those two give me hope like they're just so cute and so happy they've been solid since day one and nothing's really hindered them and the thing is is that they communicate if something does start to bug them a little bit it seems like they're so good at communicating have you been watching love is blind are you kidding me, Doug? You know I watched that whole effing season. Yeah, we watched a lot of it, but I haven't seen the newest, the last episode. The reunion. Yeah. Yeah, I actually haven't seen the reunion either, but all I wanted to see was did Lauren and Cameron actually tie the knot? Yeah. For those of you guys listening, if you love reality TV or like Married at First Sight, you would just go bonkers for Love is Blind. It's you on will, Netflix. You will binge watch it for sure. I don't want to spoil the ending. I don't think I have yet, so I'm not going to talk about it anymore for you because I would hate for you to have the ending spoiled already. Like, I did not want any spoilers. I was like, (laughs) do not give any spoilers. I didn't go on social media. So they did it on Netflix. Like, typically, you know, Netflix just airs it all, but they actually held some episodes back and slowly released it. And it is so stinking good. And if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, I'm not going to give anything away. But if you are a fan of Married at First Sight, this show is set up to where you meet different people and you get to speak with them through a wall and you can see a silhouette. No, I don't think you even see the silhouette. You don't see the silhouette. Oh, you don't see a silhouette. So you're pretty much having a conversation with somebody and within that time, you know, you ask questions, you can fall in love. And so without being able to see each other, they have all of these discussions, fall in love, and then at the end they get to meet each other and then I think they have some grace period before they get married. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. But no joke, episode one of Love is Blind, a couple falls in love through the wall so crazy and And then they propose Doug you left that part out they propose through the wall too yes they have to propose and they say I do and yes before they even get to see the person and they have to propose in order for them to see each other yes that's true too and another like fun fact about this show is that they all live together and they're all dating the same people through the wall and then they decide to pick who they really want to date and be consistent with (laughs) so this show is all sorts of good it's a great setup and it's so funny because I was like, you know, it's such a wacky idea, but I have zero right to say what a wacky idea yeah. getting married is. It's funny how time smooths over our rough edges because obviously we're crazy people ourselves because <laughs> we 
married as strangers. But now that it's been nearly six years, by the way, our anniversary is next week and it's six years married. Crazy. But now I look back at these people who marry strangers and propose and fall in love through a wall and I'm like, you guys are nuts. Yeah. How does that even work? Yeah. Like what's wrong with you? Uh, the pot uh, calling the kettle black. I know. I'm a fan. I like yeah. it. Before we bring Christina on, I do want to give a shout out for a couple of the show sponsors. First being Hemp Fusion, which everybody that lives on the planet Earth, I'm sure, has heard of CBD and the benefits of CBD. And my father absolutely loves it. But what makes Hemp Fusion different is that they add omegas, turpins, and other natural ingredients to help you feel 100%. Yeah, they do this because CBD works best for your body when combined with these other nutrients. They also add other natural ingredients to create products that help specifically with stress, sleep, and energy, which I really wish I could use right now because <laughs> I have issues with every single one of those problems. But unfortunately, if you're pregnant or nursing, then you should not use CBD products. Yeah, so and just know that CBD, all products are not created equal and Hemp Fusion adds up to a better overall CBD product. It's available both online and at natural product retailers near you it ships anywhere in the u.s yeah so you can just use our promo code hmcp to get 20 percent off your first order in free shipping at hempfusion.com that's promo code hmcp get hemp fusion shipped anywhere in the u.s and again a quick note sorry jamie but pregnant or nursing women should not use cbd products yeah just in case you don't know probably not a good idea Speaking of sleep and the fact that I cannot seem to be getting a good night's <laughs> sleep because A, I'm in my third trimester now and pee all the time. Or Henley. <laughs> yeah, or our daughter. The issue we had when she was a newborn was keeping her asleep and like even into her infancy. So our mother, our mother-in-law, <laughs> my yep. mother-in-law, she went and got a yoga sleep sound machine and we have literally been using this yoga sleep sound machine with Henley every single day of her life since then. So about, I don't know, she was three months old or yeah. so when we got well, it. I mean, and, and so the yoga sleep, it's that dome, it's the white noise, which is just a natural approach to a better sleep relaxation. It makes that white noise sound, which is great for travel or having a baby. Yeah. So sleep deprivation is something all parents know too well. Real restorative sleep is so crucial to overall health for you and your baby. So no joke, especially right now, like sleep is so important to help keep your immune system strong when, yeah. with all the viruses and bacteria floating around. Like if we, you're having trouble sleeping, I highly, highly recommend getting a yoga sleep truly because we bring it everywhere where we travel, even here in Florida. So the great thing about yoga sleep and we didn't even know this when we got it my mother-in-law was awesome and just went to the store found like the best rated sleep machine and it happened to be the yoga sleep one and she grabbed it but their products are actually backed by a 101 night promise meaning that you can try them a hundred percent risk-free yeah and if you're looking for a more natural way to help with sleep and relaxation definitely check out yogasleep.com and if you put a backslash hmcp you can save an exclusive 20 percent off a sound machine for natural sleep for the whole family yeah so that's yogasleep.com slash hmcp you'll get 20 percent off yogasleep.com slash hmcp okay one last thing before we bring on our amazing guest today is true botanicals fun fact the average woman actually uses 12 products with 100 
168 ingredients in the skincare. And who knows how many of those ingredients are toxic because in the USA, for whatever reason, we're so behind. Like Europe has banned so many of these toxic ingredients, but yet we just keep filling our products with them. The great thing about True Botanicals is that they are filled with natural and organic ingredients. Like I kid you not, True Botanicals skin and body products deliver results without having to have any of those toxins inside it. So every True Botanicals formula is made safe certified. So that means it's just made without 5,000 plus known toxic ingredients ingredients that other brands just use because they can. But unlike most non-toxic products, they're just not as effective, you know, like you try to get natural, but then it just doesn't really work quite the same. Right. It's almost like you sacrifice the potency of it, but that's not the case with True Botanicals. Exactly. So True Botanical Solutions actually work to repair skin issues. They worked with researchers at leading universities like Cornell University, which is an Ivy League school, to identify nourishing botanical extracts, rich in antioxidants, vitamins, and essential fatty acids to develop potent formulas that work better than leading beauty brands. No joke, True Botanicals. They've conducted three independent clinical studies and in all three trials, True Botanicals outperform products as amazing as like even proactive. Well, their True Botanicals Repair Serum was named the best natural serum by Allure magazine. Yeah, but to me, that's like not even as impressive as like Ivy League scientists dubbing it is actually effective. Like yeah. give me the scientist that tells me it's good. I love that. So yeah, you've just got to try True Botanicals for yourself. You can get 15% off your first purchase at truebotanicals.com slash HMCP. Get 15% off your first purchase at truebotanicals.com slash HMCP. Something that I really, really love is their calm. They have this calm serum. Just look into that. And they you also are not calm. I know, but I'm trying to be. And they also have stress relief roll-on. Look into that too if you're interested. You use that every day. I use it like perfume. I love <laughs> it. But anyways, truebotanicals.com slash HMCP. You'll get 15% off. You gotta bring Christina on now. Yeah, let's get her on. Let's do it. All right, guys. So we have Christina Cimarelli. She's a singer, songwriter, YouTuber, wife, and older sister in the band Cimarelli. And she is our guest today. Christina and her sister started their band in 2007 through YouTube. Today, they have several songs out. They have over 5 million subscribers and they continue to go on tour. In 2018, Christina got married. And in 2019, she suffered from pregnancy loss. She just recently announced that she is 17 weeks pregnant with her rainbow baby. And we are so incredibly happy for her. Christina, welcome on to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Uh, we are so happy you're here. First and foremost, congrats on your pregnancy now. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So before we jump into everything pregnancy, I just wanted to quickly take a note and give you like the biggest standing ovation because you and your sisters are so stinking talented. <laughs> thank you. And I know that you're the oldest. Did you kind of like help develop the band or like tell us a little bit more about the Cimarelli band? Yeah, definitely. So I come from a family of 11 children and we're all from the same parents. I'm the second oldest in the family and I am the oldest girl. And basically my mom taught us music like piano and singing when we were very, very, very young. And then we all just, she was a pianist and a singer. So we all just kind of copied her and just did it. Thought it was like just a normal part of life. You just sing and harmonize all the time. It's just normal. And then I started the band as a teenager. We went on YouTube and it just kind of took off like crazy and just became our full-time job. And I lead it and I kind of do what I can as the leader with developing things, having the vision, pushing everyone, challenging everyone. But everyone really plays like an incredible and unique role in the band. So now we've made it into this awesome brand that's 
our full-time job and we have like a positive spin on everything. We're all about being role models and being authentic and putting something really good out there in the world that we can be proud of. And now it's really weird that I'm pregnant and I'm thinking about like my children watching my videos and I'm, yeah. I'm happy because I'm proud of what's out there. I'm not going to be like, oh, you can't watch that or like that's going to be a bad influence. So I'm really happy 10 years later. It's been 10 years. I started when I was a teenager. I was like 19 when we got on YouTube. So I'm really happy that 10 years later, I'm really proud of what we've done. I mean, it's such an amazing story and growth and we're in a unique time now where everything is captured electronically and it's just nice to leave sort of a legacy for your children that are coming up. My question for you was, what gave you the idea to start putting your songs on YouTube? You were covering songs initially, right? Yeah, we still do covers now. We do covers and original. We kind of just make them our own, which is a really cool way for us to be creative. And basically, YouTube was really new. It was back in, I mean, I had a video up on 2007, but 2009 is when we did the first cover. It was very new concept, but we were like, there's a lot of kids on YouTube putting covers up and like, maybe if we did that, it could help be like our big break because we had a dream of our band taking off, but we didn't live in LA or anything. So we didn't know what we could possibly do. So it was kind of just looking at what other people were doing and just taking a random risk because we love to make videos anyway. So it was kind of just on a whim, just an idea. And then it literally the first cover took off and we just kept posting. That is so amazing and so inspiring. And I feel like I'm sure it's been a lot of hard work. You know, I know that kind of success does not come overnight. And and I think a lot of people, <laughs> they, you know, they see someone else, oh, they're in a band and they post on YouTube and they have all these followers and now it's their job and it seems easy. But I know, girl, you probably worked so hard to get to where you're at right now. Thanks. Yeah, we put a lot, lot of hard work and planning, organization, development developing our talents and our skills and like looking at what is popular now what is changing how are all these different platforms changing all the time like which platforms dying which one's new so there's just so much that goes into it and it's changing all the time there's a lot of like risk involved but it's really exciting and how have you avoided all of the sibling rivalry and not splitting up as a family Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, we're doing the best we can. It's definitely a challenge. Sibling rivalry is a tough one to avoid. I think my parents play a huge role in it. And I think they did a really, really good job with not playing favorites. That helped a lot. That really helped, I, I have to say. We just had to have a lot of honest conversations. Honestly, a lot of therapy, like group and alone, that navigating being on social media, being in the internet in front of literally millions of people with our following, especially from a young age, all of them were teens or not even teens yet when we all started. So we've had a lot to unpack. And it's honestly by the grace of God and with a lot of help from therapy and having a lot of honest conversations, we definitely would have crumbled a long time ago if we hadn't had a lot of honest conversations. So it's, it's a work in progress and it's a very difficult thing, but it's definitely worth it. But how cool is it to just share with family and kind of grow that way? And right now, who's the best singer in the group? <laughs> Dog. People actually do ask that in a lot of interviews. And we always say, like, everyone has a different strength. So at one thing, this girl's the best. At another thing, this girl's the best. <laughs> That's nice of you guys. 
That is not a fair question, Douglas. Way to pit her against your sister. <laughs> it's a tough one. <laughs> you handled that really well, let me tell you. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, so I just wanted to switch gears because we're big advocates of kind of just women supporting women, really, and kind of shedding light on what one in four women go through, which is pregnancy loss. And mm. unfortunately, like so many women trying to conceive and having a difficult time with that. And we're really sensitive to that topic. And I saw on YouTube that you recently opened up about your loss. And like I said, first and foremost, I am so sorry for that. And I mean, I can't imagine what you went through. And I, I feel like you know, I've had my own losses, but that doesn't mean that I know exactly what you went through. And so I'm just really sensitive to not be like, I understand because I, I really don't. So that being said, I was hoping that maybe you could share your story here today about that pregnancy. And I know that you did name him Sparrow. Am I saying that right? Yes. Yeah. So could you share a little bit more about like your time with Sparrow and when you were pregnant with him? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. Well, it was my first pregnancy, and this was in um, September 2019. And I felt really lucky to actually know a bit about pregnancy loss because it's been in my family for a while, which we actually think we found out the reason after mine. But my mom has had four and her mom also four. So I was very much aware and I felt really lucky because my mom said when she was going through her first loss, she didn't know what it was. She didn't really know what was happening. And she felt so confused, which would just add even more pain to an already devastating experience. So I felt really lucky because I had talked to her about this before, and I was really lucky to have a mom who was open about this with me because it can be really difficult to talk about. I'm not going to blame anyone for not being open about it. It's very difficult to talk about. And in culture, it's not hasn't been the most accepted topic either. We're in the best time now, I would say, we've ever been in, but it's still very difficult. So I had talked to my mom about this before. I was aware of it. I knew that I had lost siblings. I knew that. And when I got pregnant, it's actually something that went through my mind. I was like, oh, you know, my grandma's first pregnancy, she lost. And the same with my mom. So I wonder if I'm going to lose this one too. I immediately thought that, which is, it's really sad, honestly, when you have this this new life, but you're thinking about death at the same time. It's a very weird feeling. So I talked to my mom about that in those first weeks and it was kind of in the back of my mind. And I actually brought it up with my therapist while I was pregnant. So I made it to almost eight weeks. So maybe at four or five weeks, I brought up to my therapist and I said, like, you know, I'm having a hard time because I'm thinking a lot about losing this baby because that's what's happened in my family. And I have a lot of fears and I feel really anxious. So we talked through a lot of it and we talked through, like, getting my mindset in the best place we could, which turned out to be like, okay, I'm doing everything that I can. I'm being really healthy. I didn't have a doctor yet because I wasn't going in until I think eight weeks. So I wasn't really, I'm listening to my doctor yet. She didn't really tell me anything. I just had read all of her pregnancy stuff on the website about what I should do to be healthy. Uh So I was like, okay, I'm doing my best. And if there's a reason that I lose this baby. It most likely will have nothing to do with anything I did. And it most certainly will not have anything to do with anything I did consciously that right. I was aware of. Right. So I knew like, if I lose this baby, it's it's not my fault. I already know that. And that's a big one. It's not my fault. Yeah, that really is big. 
that one will really get you. So I, I knew that. I was thinking, going into it, thinking, okay, I'm doing my best. So then when I started to spot like a week before, I was like, I don't really know what's going on. I know this could be something, could be nothing. And I wasn't able to see my doctor yet because she said I was a new patient, so I couldn't come in until my first appointment. So I went and talked to my mom, and I actually had her tell me more about what her miscarriages were like. And this ended up being, like, huge for me because she explained to me what they were like physically and mentally for her, and she told me about some of the really scary ones she had, like a lot of clotting and a lot of, I believe it was hemorrhaging in one of them or two of them, and things to look out for. So I felt really like, okay, I, I know what could happen as far as her experience went. I'm sure there's many more things that I didn't know of, but I knew of her experience, and then I just felt like, okay, I kind of have an idea of what could go on here, and I felt like somewhat, I guess, more prepared if anything happened because it was starting to look like this might be that but I wasn't sure so then the day that it actually happened my mom had also told me that some of the miscarriages she had were the same feelings as labor with the contractions and everything which that's not something I knew I mean honestly before experiencing this and asking questions I thought a miscarriage was just the baby like disappears I didn't know you're like giving birth to right, your baby. I didn't right. know that. And a lot of women actually, I've learned since posting my video, I actually have two videos on it. I've learned that a lot of women didn't realize that either. They said like, I've never experienced this. And I didn't even realize that that is what happens. I have a lot of teenagers also watching and they said, thank you for saying this because I didn't realize. So I was grateful that she told me that it could be really, really painful. Because I know for some women, from what I had read, it was like, oh, it just felt like light cramps and I didn't know what to expect. So right. when I went into the experience, it lasted about 10 hours of like cramping and contractions. I mean, they were very, very painful. I would say like an eight or nine. It wasn't a 10, but it was maybe an eight or nine on the scale of pain and I was with my husband the whole time. I was so happy he was in town, not traveling or anything. And um, it was a very strange experience for me because I was sad and I was kind of scared. But at the same time, I had things going through my head like, this is not your fault. And you did everything you could. And if the baby is not going to make it, this is what your body is supposed to do. This is your body's healthy reaction to the loss of the life. So I wasn't thinking my body failed me. This is my fault. I screwed everything up. Like I lost my chance to be a mother. I wasn't thinking any of those things in the moment, which was only because I had done all of this work beforehand. And I, I Absolutely. felt really lucky because I know that's just not a normal experience. But yeah. I was really giving myself a pep talk through it, even though I was in so much pain. I was saying like, I can do this. I know I can do this. I can handle this. And it was so devastating and I also felt oddly empowered at the same time because I was like, I'm making it through this. Like, I'm going through something really hard and I'm doing this. So I was giving myself this great pep talk the whole time. And, you know, after like 10 hours, <sighs> past the baby and the placenta. And if I'm going to get really into it here, like I felt this crazy urge. I couldn't just flush the baby down. I had to like Aww. grab the baby. I, I really had to like save the tiny little body. I wanted to, my mom was saying, you know, if you're able to bury the baby, I think it would be really helpful. And also, so naming the baby and baptizing were Catholic. So just depending on like what the circumstances are, she said that would be really healing. So she told me that I was very grateful. And I showed my husband, gosh, it's such a heavy story, but I showed him and we were just crying and crying and just mm -hmm. letting our feelings out and just yeah. 
we let ourselves feel really comfortable, like let everything out. Like, don't be ashamed of whatever your response is. Just let it out. And like, you're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to be confused. You're allowed to be scared. You're allowed to be everything. There's nothing you're not allowed to feel. So we kind of let ourselves feel every little thing. And then the next morning I got an hour of sleep. I was, you know, in the recovery period. I was very tired. I couldn't really get up. I'd almost fainted. Well, actually I had fainted during the process just, and it was pretty intense. So I was just, you know, resting. And I said, we should name this baby. And we started to look up names. And I was thinking to myself, I want to do something that means hope in like Latin or something. But I didn't say it out loud because I was like, I don't really know what he's going to come up with. So I just want to hear what he comes up with first. And then he says to me like, Hey, I found this name and it's like, I hope in Latin. And I was like, Oh my gosh, whatever the name is, I already know that's the name because that's exactly what I was thinking. And then he says it's Sparrow, S-P-E-R-O. And I was like, wow, that is 100% our baby's name. And then naming the baby was really healing and really special. And we prayed a lot. And we just talked about like, in our beliefs, you didn't lose your chance to be a mom. You are a mom and your baby is just in heaven, like basically your angel in heaven. So Mm -hmm. I didn't think I lost my opportunity to be a mom. It was like, I am a mom. I just don't get to raise my child on earth, but I have a child in heaven. So we named the baby and then we ended up getting this little wood box. It was so sad. It was like a little mini coffin, basically. Mm -hmm. And we put the baby in there. We wrote on top of it a Bible verse. We found some really cool Bible verses about life and death that were really like comforting. And we wrote full name on there and we wrote, we love you. And then we buried the baby and it was really intense, but I noticed something really interesting after we did that. I kept replaying the situation. Obviously, it's a very traumatic event. I kept replaying it. And as soon as we had prayed and named and buried our child, when I would play through the event in my head, it would end in that every time. And I would feel the sense of peace at the end. So I'd be like replaying and be like, ah, ah, you know, feeling all those intense emotions. And then it would end in that. There was an ending to my story. And the ending was like, our baby has a name. Our baby is in heaven that was like an ending to their story and that gave me so much closure and peace even though at the same time I was feeling so much turmoil and maybe like devastation and confusion like I was planning this for almost eight weeks you know Mm. and now I'm not now my life is taking a different turn like I was planning to have this baby in May And, well, I thought I wasn't going to be pregnant. I am going to be pregnant in May, but I thought, now I'm not going to be pregnant in May anymore. All my plans, all the things I've been thinking, next year I'll have this baby. All those things, they changed in one night. And it was such a weird feeling to be feeling all of that. But at the same time, I felt this peace and this hope. But at the same time, I also felt completely devastated. So it was a really confusing mix of so many emotions. And at the same time, I felt so weak, but I also felt so strong. I mean, after I finished miscarrying, I just remember this odd feeling of like, wow, I feel connected with every woman who has ever gone through this. This experience that we can have is so powerful and it's like powerfully devastating that was the whole experience 
you are such a strong woman and you are so wise. I feel like wise beyond your years in the sense that when we went through our first loss, I just feel like you are able to handle it and to understand in the midst of your loss while you're literally delivering your baby that, you know, you knew it wasn't your fault. You knew you did everything that you could. And I don't know. I just think that that's just so amazing. And I guess my question would be to kind of help out any other woman who may have gone through a miscarriage or another woman who hasn't but is hearing this right now and doesn't realize it but will have a loss in the future how can we as women realize and recognize that it's not our fault how are you able to do that because sometimes even if you rationally know that you didn't you know eat sushi and you Mm -hmm. didn't go running a marathon or something even though that's not even going to contribute to a loss but I don't know you know what I mean like I think how can we help women not feel like it's their fault essentially is the question well thank you so much for saying that first of all I can only attribute this to like so so much time spent working on my mental health from my experience I guess I could just say I have worked a lot on being able to think accurately so when I went through this preparation with my therapist I can just kind of share some stuff she said which was she went through like all the different common things you would be thinking and I mean it's distorted ways of thinking because it's not true that this is all your fault like you tried to do this of course you didn't you know so I went through all those with her and I think the most common ones from what I heard are like my body is broken this is a tough one because everyone's going to have problems with their body so you're going to be thinking okay I have evidence of why it's broken x y and z but the reality is like you're not in your body you can't do this full scan inside it and be able to tell me that every single piece of your body is broken and therefore you should be labeled as broken so that's why it makes it hard is because when we can find a piece of evidence for why something is true, then suddenly we can just believe it's automatically true. When life is strange, things can look true, but not actually fully be true. So when we think about miscarriage and we think about all the different things that will come into our mind, we we have to ask ourselves, this might be true, but is it a helpful thought? And then even is it completely true? So if you go through my body is broken, I didn't find that to be true. Like, yes, there's things about my body that are not completely healthy, but I'm not going to label myself as broken just because I refuse to do that. And then like, this is my fault. Maybe you did something that you know of. I doubt that. Maybe you did something. But if you sit there all day and say, this is my fault... It's just going to add so much pain. And in that situation, I just say, I made a mistake. And in life, we live and we learn. And sometimes our mistakes have horrible consequences. But I'm allowed to make a mistake. I'm just a human. And then most likely you didn't. So it's like, I didn't do this on purpose. This is absolutely not my fault. I refuse to torture myself with that. And And then another one is like... You can torture yourself. And the kind of the flip side to mm. that is, this was from my point of view, you're never really given an answer when you Mm -hmm. always are looking for an answer. It's like, well, why did this happen and you can't tell me why it happened it's just this one in four statistic and just to take it back to naming from a guy's point of view you know we don't get as connected as mothers do and the fact that you went through what you did and I think the biggest healing for me was naming our child and and just having us be able to reference that this is a real person this was someone that you know we're always going to have in our lives we're always going to have in our hearts we're always going to have in heaven and that that to me was probably the biggest, most helpful healing part of going through what we did. Because like you, we 
actually had a chance to hold our son Jonathan after 17, 18 weeks, which Mm. was traumatic, but it was also a way that we can say goodbye. And we were able to hold him and get his little feet prints. And we have a box that's made for him, you know, that that's in our closet. And, you know, we always have Jonathan to look up to him. We always do reference. And it's amazing. Yeah. As far as miscarriage and pregnancy loss, what do you want everyone to know? Oh, I guess I want everyone to know that you should not be ashamed of yourself in any way if you've experienced this and you shouldn't feel ashamed to talk about it and that you deserve to express your pain and you deserve to find healing and comfort and you deserve to connect with other people, whether they've been through this or not. You don't need to isolate yourself. You don't need to beat yourself up and you don't need to deal with it in just one specific way. I think it just, you need to give yourself so much grace When you're going through something like this, for some reason, our automatic like tendency is to beat ourselves up and add to this painful situation and to isolate ourselves and to shame ourselves. So if we could stop doing that and we could lift ourselves up and, you know, reach out for help. I mean, I need to go straight to my therapist after that. Maybe you need to go to therapy after this. Maybe you need to reach out immediately to your family and your friends. And I reached out to a lot right after. I remember I texted like 10 friends after and I said, hey, I just went through a miscarriage and I need support. And that was so helpful. So I would say if we could stop isolating ourselves, shaming ourselves, silencing ourselves and beating ourselves up, then we can have a chance to kind of change the culture. We made it a point to even announce our next pregnancy early because, you know, when you go through something like this and you don't tell people for so long and then all of a sudden something like a miscarriage happens and then it's almost like you have to go through this alone. Well, no, you know, but making it more comfortable and making it more of a common topic to bring up, yes. I think heals everybody. Yeah, so then it's not totally a taboo agree. topic and it's something that we can talk about. You know, we don't have to shy away and isolate ourselves and beat ourselves up because, I mean, when I went through our loss, I didn't even realize the amount of women who have gone through a similar loss. I just was dumbfounded by it. And I'm a labor and delivery nurse. Like, I studied this and I, of course, like you can see the number in a book and you can say one in four and you can be like, okay yeah sure but Uh when you actually experience it and then you have like actual stories and people associated with it you're like wow like it's a staggering statistic and it's shocking that we really Uh do beat ourselves up and it's just so refreshing to hear you tell your story because you didn't beat yourself up and you didn't say that you were broken and you didn't believe that and you held out hope that you would become a earthly mama like you are an angel baby mommy but you held out hope that you would have a baby here on earth one thing Uh I wanted to ask you I wanted to kind of switch gears and find out how you found out that you were pregnant with your rainbow baby now and are you familiar with the term rainbow baby yes I love it yeah me too I'm a big fan of it because it's so true I mean after going through any sort of loss or miscarriage it's such a storm and then when you get that little rainbow baby it really is like your little pot of gold at the end after going through such a hard time yes so how did you find out you were pregnant again with this baby that you're carrying now Yeah, wow. It was pretty crazy. I was so unaware of so many things. I didn't realize that I looked up like, how quickly can you get pregnant again? And I saw like some women are as early as like two weeks. And I was shocked. I didn't think that was possible. So I uh, asked my husband like, okay, do you think we should try again? How are you feeling? And we both felt like, yeah, let's try. I mean, could be months. So might as well just, you know, start trying again. And then six weeks later, (laughs) on our first try, we conceived again. So it was about 
about, let's see, eight weeks later, I was testing really, really early because my doctor wanted me to come in and get tested for blood clotting disorders next time I was pregnant. So she said, make sure you catch it really early if you can. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to test right now, you know, because this would be the time I could see. And I totally doubt that I am. I really did not think I was because it was our first cycle after the loss. So I did not expect that. So this was really weird. Not what I expected. I took the test. And it was so, I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be negative. Looked pretty negative. And then slightly, slight, tiny little pink line showed up. And I was like, wait, what? That's not a line. There's no way that's a line. And I was just confused. I was not excited or anything, so I was confused. (laughs) I was like, I'm not pregnant. I can't be. It's only been six weeks. There's no way that I'm pregnant. So I went to my husband. I was like, I don't know if I'm pregnant, but is this a line? And he looked at it too. And both of us, we we didn't get excited and jump it down. We just, he was just like, uh, I think, I think that's positive. And then we both just kind of were shocked and just kind of stood there and I didn't know how to get excited. I was like, what? There's yeah. no way. So I was just shocked. And then it said in like a couple days later, it said it and then I started to freak out. Yeah. For us, I mean, I was ready right away. I was always ready to start having another baby, even though Jamie might not have been. No, I honestly was the same way though, because I, I felt like, like I didn't have such a graceful experience as you did. And I think, think it's amazing that you did, but I definitely did beat myself up. I wondered what I did wrong. And I really felt Ugh. like my belly was like empty inside. And I just, Ugh. I needed it to like replace that. Like I felt like I just had to, like one minute I had a baby kicking in there and then the next I'm going home with nothing. Like it just, it just didn't Ugh. feel right to me. And so I instantly wanted to get pregnant again. But that being said, I am so happy for you because that's amazing. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I found it tough to get excited for even this baby. And even when we had our daughter, Henley, it was very hard for me to get excited until like the third trimester. Like even through this pregnancy now, I mean, we're in we have two months left, I, I think. And, you know, it's just starting to hit the excitement. And I find myself guarded, you know, without getting too high, too low going through. Mm-hmm. Did you and your husband go through any of that? Absolutely. That is so relatable. We talk about this a lot. I mean, 17 weeks now, and I'm constantly going through that. I'm because I I did end up having a blood clotting disorder. So I was actually in the doctor's office like every two weeks since the beginning. So every time I'm like, we go in, we see the baby, it's all good. And then about a week later, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm feeling nervous again. Um, I can't wait to get back in the doctor's office and be told that everything's fine. And I mean, is the baby okay? Is the baby alive? I don't even know. And I haven't gotten myself too bent out of shape with like the stress of it luckily so I'll just I'll be thinking that but I'll be like remain calm it's okay you're allowed to be scared whatever happens you're gonna be okay so I just kind of I talk back to myself but I have those thoughts all the time and it's definitely difficult and I can see that I'm like kind of waiting for the third trimester because I feel like I'm gonna feel a little more stable at that point but that is so relatable I totally relate to that I you could be my therapist like (laughs) like you're so good that's so you're so wise though to be able to tell you to kind of like be able to know how to calm yourself down in the midst of of the stress because it's it's terrifying really the whole time you're pregnant it's terrifying what I wanted to ask you because at 17 weeks for both my the baby that I have now and for my daughter Henley I felt the baby I started feeling the baby kick have you been able to feel your baby move yet Okay, so I'm a little confused, but I thought a couple days ago, I was like, I'm pretty sure 
that I felt something and it gave me like butterflies and I'm like I had a gut feeling no pun intended I was like I'm pretty sure that I felt it so I think I did a couple days ago a lot of times it was just gas for my wife I thought that's what I heard (laughs) no joke (laughs) Christina when with this baby here I heard the you know the second pregnancy of like a full term or whatever after a full term baby you can start to feel the kicks even earlier and so at 12 weeks I was like oh I think I feel the baby kicking because it honestly it does feel a lot like gas and so (laughs) I would like be like Doug I think I felt the baby kick and then I would like pass gas this is TMI and really gross but I was like oh wait never mind (laughs) that clearly wasn't the baby (laughs) that was not the baby or you'd be like that was the baby but you're 17 weeks and I feel like chances are if you felt butterflies like that's exactly kind of how it feels or like maybe like gas like I feel like you felt your baby that's so exciting it was I really did feel like that and I was very I was like whoa I didn't think I was gonna be like wildly excited I think that's what I felt (laughs) do you know the sex of the baby not yet, but I'm going to know in just a couple weeks. That's exciting. Well, if it's a boy, do you feel like Doug may be a name? <laughs> oh, oh, totally. Yeah, that's number one. Right, of course. Well, listen, Christina, thank you so much for taking the time out. I know that everybody listening, they're probably just dying to know like where they can find you and follow you and listen to your music. Can you give us your YouTube channel is and your Instagram and all the good things? Yes. So my band with my sisters is called Cimarelli, which is our last name, and it's C-I-M-O-R-E-L-L-I. So if you type in on YouTube, you're going to find a lot of fun videos of my sisters and I. And same thing on Instagram. And then you'll find my personal Instagram is Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, Cimarelli, C-I-M-O-R-E-L-L-I on Instagram. And then I also have my personal YouTube where I'm documenting my whole pregnancy journey minus the biggest moments which go on the Simrally YouTube and that's Chris Sim C-H-R-I-S C-I-M basically we're everywhere on the internet you know yeah, everywhere so there's a lot just type in the last name you'll find us <laughs> true story I've always wanted to be a good singer like I'm so impressed by you guys I like literally took singing lessons and everything and I'm just not a good singer you know I can admit it now it is not awesome (laughs) he has to listen to me sing and it's just not I'm just not talented it's okay I can admit it before we part ways here you and your husband you guys were together for eight years before he proposed yeah eight or nine I think it might have been nine wow and was this right when you were starting to get onto YouTube or was it a little bit after? I met him right after I started my YouTube career. He and I were both just teenagers, just 19. And then I moved like a couple months later. So he had to kind of follow me around the country as I moved and decide if he also wanted to move. So that's kind of what happened there. That's amazing though. I mean, eight years seems like a long time to me. I think it's only it been six years, but I only, I've only known my wife for six years. So. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Has anything really changed from the eight years prior and then getting married? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was, like, shocked by how much changed when we got married. We just got so much closer, and he he opened up so much more. I opened up so much more. And I, I really did feel like things were way different after we got married. I mean, it was my first time being in a house with one person. That's never <laughs> happened in my life. Yeah, you're probably always used to having sisters to fight in the bathroom or over the bathroom. Oh, absolutely. For- I didn't know what to do with myself having my own sink. It was weird. (laughs) That's so funny. So you guys waited to move in together until after marriage? 
Oh, we waited everything till marriage. <gasps> really? Like even, you know, you, yeah. Yeah, we did. We waited a long time. You waited for sex. Oh my goodness. I feel, I'm so proud of you. I feel like. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I thought we were the only ones that waited until we I got mean, married me to too. have sex. I thought so. <laughs> It is a minority. It puts you very much in the minority. Yeah. I mean, Doug is joking, though, because I don't know if you know how we got married, but we were married as strangers. So married at first sight. That's what. Yeah. Married at first sight. Yeah. It's a show on Lifetime. You'll have to check it out. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Thank you so much for coming on and taking the time out of your day. And we are rooting for you hardcore and this little nugget that's growing inside you. And I feel like you're going to feel kicks more. I just have this feeling. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait. And thank you for sharing your story with us and with our friends. And uh, we look forward to watching your little one grow. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we connected. What do you think, Doug? I told you she was going to be amazing. Yeah. Young people, and I say young people, not talked about enough how important self-care and, and health of the mind is because, you know, her story could have been a completely different story if she didn't have the knowledge and the tools to just be self-aware. Yeah. You know, she is so smart of yeah. a person. Yeah, she really is. And I really love that her mom was just open enough with her to kind of like, I don't know, to let her know that like this just happens to one in four women. And yet no one ever talks about it. Like my mom never really told me about it and it happened to her. And so it's just nice that she has that kind of open relationship with her mom so that she was able to kind of prepare herself, which was kind of wild that she had that intuition that seemed like she knew that the first baby, which is just nutty to me. But truly, like I really loved her approach and that she didn't put the self guilt on, you know? know like she really yeah she really i don't know how she did that but i'm i don't know how they have so many talented people in their family yeah really well that too (laughs) my brother and i so my brother matt my sister Lindsay, we tried to start a group at one point and are you serious i did not know this yeah but it was more for like bodily sounds Oh my gosh. Yeah, because it, it didn't work at what, all. Well, how would you, what is a bodily sound group? So each person, you start by making a sound, and then the next person makes a different sound, and you try to make a beat. And then we could never, it, it, because it always made my mother laugh. And when my mom laughs, she pees in her pants. So we were always <laughs> do it at the dinner table because it was almost a guarantee my sister would spit food out of her face or my mom would pee in her seat. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, that still happens to this day. And now yeah. your mom doesn't need to laugh to pee. Like, I feel like sometimes she just sneezes <laughs> and she tinkles out yeah. and then well, she tells everybody. Well, and you wonder why I always hum and do these sounds. It's because we always would do that. I go, Mm, mm, oh i that's like my mm, biggest mm, pet mm, peeve mm. is oh that's my biggest pet peeve it's like nails on chalkboard to me doug will go mm, 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 and i'm like stop it, it. It, it well we hope you enjoyed this episode next week we have a awesome informative interview with someone that is an expert at the covid19 aka coronavirus yeah so listen i have been a little fearful and a little panic stricken and i know that the best way to like defeat fear is knowledge like knowledge is power and you can only do so much anyways like it's it's spreading it is and i don't want anybody to be suffering in fear and panic the way that i have and i'm sure some of you probably listening have as well so this girl alex willis she's an infection control scientist and she dm'd me i saw her dm i responded she's amazing she is absolutely Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, we're going to hear from her next week. And we thank you for listening again to another episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Yeah, we love you guys. We love your five star reviews and give you guys a shout out. So thank you so much for that. Yes. And we love you. And you could always follow us on 
social media, Instagram as a Hot Marriage Cool Parents page, Jamie N. Otis or Doug Hayner. And talk to you next week. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview with Alex Willis because I think it will really help ease your fears about this COVID-19. That's right. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.